No one has ever said raising kids is easy. With an overwhelming amount of information about healthy diets, discipline strategies, and the need for more tummy time, it can be really hard to make sense of it all. Welcome to Tot Talk. I'm Mary, a pediatric occupational therapist. And I'm Allison, a pediatric physical therapist. Together, we created Tots on Target to join parents, teachers, and pediatric professionals into one community with the mission to empower each other with a greater understanding of how our children's brains and bodies develop, join us as we discuss the most relevant topics to help keep all our tots on target. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. So on our accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Mary and I talk a lot about the importance of play and how it relates to the growth of sensory development, cognitive development, creativity, etc. So much comes when kids really use play as an opportunity and a vehicle for growing and developing so many different areas. So we decided to sit down with Beth Rosenbleeth of the Instagram account Days with Gray. And if you've seen any of her posts, followed her on her Instagram accounts, you know that she has just so many creative ideas. She's the epitome of awesomeness when it comes to play. So we are so excited to share this interview with you. You're going to learn so much. And if you don't follow her already, definitely go check her out. Days with Gray, that's G-R-E-Y. Also, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review so other parents and professionals can find us. And head over to TotsOnTarget.com so you can join in on all the great discussions that are happening over there about child development. I want to welcome you, Beth. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we would love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you developed the Days with Gray platform. Hi. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, my background, I'm originally from New York and I moved to the South sor- shortly after graduating college for my first teaching job. And so I suppose now that I'm like equal parts Northern and Southern since I have like 20 years in both. <laughs> um, and after 13 years teaching, I decided to stay home with my first child. And at that time, we were moving a good distance from the school that I taught in. And I was pregnant with my second. And so I knew that I wanted to stay at home. I just wasn't exactly sure what that looked like. And so over time, it's, it's great because you, you find your groove that works. So as far as Days of Grey and starting it, I've always had a passion for early education. And even after teaching, you'd find like stacks of education books on my dresser. It's just something that I'm drawn to. And I also really enjoy working within a community and having a place to be accountable and stay motivated. And so as Days of Grey developed, it combined the two. It was the community that just continues to keep me motivated to create ideas and share ideas, and we can kind of take on this season of life together. That's amazing. It really sounds like you you found a place to combine education with your home life, which is just a, a, an amazing thing and um, a place for you to explore and share your passion. Yes, exactly. And, the, and connecting with so many parents uh, around the entire world has just been an incredible gift. There's just so much that, that I get from you as much as you get from me. And so it's cool to work all together, even being such different parts of the country. 
Definitely. And, you know, looking at your website, Beth, and also following you for a while um, on Instagram at Days with Gray, I notice you do a lot with what you've called breakfast invitations. So I was hoping that you could just describe those a little more, more what breakfast invitations are and how you use them to incorporate play into the year every day. Yes. So these were basically as moms, we wake up and we're just immediately on. And so a few years ago, when I, shortly after having both my children, my oldest two, um, I would try to buy myself a little bit more time and wake up a little bit slower and maybe use the TV to help. But what I noticed was although I got time to wake up, the morning TV just made everyone cranky for the rest of the day. And turning it off was a struggle. And after that, it's like they forgot how to play. So I began placing simple play prompts out for the boys on the kitchen table to come down to as I make breakfast. And what I noticed was now we were not only starting their day with play, but it was also inspiring them to go play with maybe what they were working on or something else after breakfast. So it was almost like I was planting this little play seed. And I also noticed that starting the morning together at the breakfast table in this casual, playful way, we were also like connecting and we were setting the intention for the day. Like I wanted the intention to be set for play and exploration. And so they had my full attention as they play. And I try to eat breakfast with them in the morning and keep my phone away and, and fill their bucket and mine as well. And as I make breakfast, they engage with the learning game and we make casual conversation with what they're working on. And when they're done, they usually run off and play. Then I can clean up the kitchen, check my email. And um, it's just a great way to start your day with play. Yeah, it, you know, it's one of those challenges as a parent because we know that play is so important. And in theory, we all want to, quote unquote, play with our kids. But sometimes it's hard to get into the play with them. So it sounds like you really created an environment that was child driven in the play, but it was something that you set up and connected with them through it. It was like that set time, you know, every day that you in your own mind can also like have peace of mind. Like I dedicated that time to play with them and let them go and explore beyond that on their own. Yeah. That's how it, like you felt about it. I do, but I also think it's a lot of hands off as well. So I'll be on the other side of the table, just kind of sipping my coffee and, or my tea actually, and just maybe engaging in conversation about what they're working on, but not necessarily um, taking the parts of what they're working on and adding my thoughts, right? So I may look at them across the table and engage in a play, play prompt with like an open-ended question. And so I might say something like, how did you know where that block needed to go? And they might say something like, oh, because they're both red. And so we're kind of forming this play connection, but it's not necessarily that I'm sitting down and doing the activity with them. I love that. I love that so much because that leads to my next question, which is as an educator yourself, do you feel like there's a difference or how do you value the importance of adult-led teaching or really child-led learning through play, because that's really sounds like the environment that you're creating for them. Yes. And I, I love combining the two. There's something called guided play where the adult has like an intention, but leads the child to get there. And so like breakfast imitations, there's an intentional concept that's being explored. But sometimes 
many times the child will take it in a different direction that we may not have saw coming. And so the key to learning is like actually listening and asking questions rather than getting stuck on like how the activity was supposed to go. Um, And then again, open-ended questions help like this. So these are questions that don't have a yes or no answer. They need further explanation. So a closed question would say like, did you put the blocks with the reds? And they say yes, and they move on, right? But if you use a little bit more of a, tell me about why you did that. Can you show me how how you came up with the idea that that block should stack on top of this one? Or, you know, just questions that prompt a little bit more of an explanation rather than a yes or no. And then we begin to see that children are understanding the connections and they're taking it to maybe even a higher level that we didn't foresee coming. I can definitely see how these breakfast invitations would be helpful in that way because I'm just thinking even about school, um, you know, the teacher usually gives a direction and the assignment is supposed to go a certain way and the teacher is probably looking for an answer, you know, the correct answer that she knows is the correct answer. But I think what you're setting up here with these breakfast invitations, you're providing the materials, but it's open-ended in a way where they may not come up with with the result that you had intended or that you had thought, actually, there's probably no intention. You're just really providing the materials and it lets them really problem solve through the process. And you're just asking those probing questions, like you're saying, without really having any specific um, expectation for what the results will be. So I, I love how you're sort of guiding them through that and showing them that, you know, they can problem solve, they can come up with a different idea or do something a little bit differently. Yes. And that really helps with independent play because they're more motivated to take risks and try new things. And and like you said, problem solve through, um, you know, different things that they may think of. They'll see the process all the way through. And if the block tower falls over, you know, they may have the tools now in their in their thought process. OK, well, that didn't work. How can I rethink it to actually try again? rather than it be like pick A, B, C, or D. And I think I think educators are doing a great job with doing this more and actually looking for kids to think higher level and problem solve and come up with solutions on their own. Definitely. And do you feel that since you started doing these breakfast invitations with your own children, did you find that they were actually they were better at playing independently throughout the day. Like you almost like they it sort of set them up that they were able to do this a little bit better without adult guidance throughout the day. Yes, 100%. The more your the more your children play, the better they get at playing. And I do remember, you know, in those early years, knowing the pressure, like you talked about earlier, that like, okay, kids, they're supposed to play, but how to get that started, you know, how to get that play environment started is a little bit on us to show that um, the, that it's within the predictable schedule. So Monday through Friday, you have a play prompt, then you know that Monday through Friday, you automatically go off and you play. And then that's when I can catch up on some things that I have to do for work. It's expected. And I think that that setting the limits and setting the boundaries so children know that, oh, this is this is what we do every day. I think that that really helps build the momentum of play and helps keep keep them creating ideas. For my kids, um, they have a, a busy school schedule. My older kids are on the bus at 7.45 in the morning. They come home at four. And so the early mornings are very rushed, but I actually set up the time is after school, they have a snack and we immediately either go to the basement or outside to play. Yeah. And similar to that, it's it's when it's part of the schedule and they know that that's 
when they are going to play, it's become easier for them to come up with their own games on their own. And whether I'm a part of those games or not, when it's part of the schedule, it definitely makes it easier for that opportunity for independent play. Yes. And, you know, the other tricky part on our end as parents is that sometimes play ideas, they take a few minutes to come to fruition. And one time I was listening to a podcast and he said something brilliant. He said it could take 15 minutes to enter, 15 minutes to adjust, and then 15 minutes for magic. And so, you know, they can enter the play and it may take 15 minutes to find where they're going, 15 minutes to adjust, you know, maybe there's some conflict and resolution. And then 15 minutes later, that's when the magic happens. And so sometimes it's hard for us as parents to see all that play out. You know, we might like hear kind of, uh, some commotion and we might immediately just, you know, think that we need to switch gears and just watch a show because you just need to calm down. But in reality, sometimes play takes a few minutes. And then if we see it through, there can be some really cool things that happen over time. 100%. How do you deal with, you know, you have three boys and I've seen definitely many of your Instagram stories and how you set up the breakfast invitations in different ways for the ages of your children. But as you say, sometimes it leads to different directions. They're playing together. They're playing separately. How do you involve yourself in sometimes their interactions during play? I really take a back seat for the most part. Um, a lot of times it's important for me, even in this position, uh, to just sit back and listen to them and observe them and watch how they interact because they're, they're, they're like, you know, I'm pretty much studying them and then, then watching them and observing them kind of helps me come up with ideas because I can see the way they're thinking and the way that their thoughts and their communication is playing out. And so. I think a lot of times it's important to take a back seat. And since they know what to expect, then they know, then they're better at playing on their own. Um, you know, simple play prompts, conversation starters, that helps extend the play, but it doesn't necessarily um, need to happen all the time. You just need to set that predictable schedule where they know, okay, this is the time that you're with mom and this is the time you need to play. And like you said, they almost understand that you are not going to give guidance throughout the activity. So it's not even expected. They know this is something that you provide the materials. Maybe you're giving a play prompt, but they are sort of working through it and discovering and learning and creating um, without direct guidance from you. Yeah. So I think that's that's really interesting. And something else I love, Beth, is with all of these breakfast invitations, you have a list on your website of materials that a parent would need to sort of recreate some of these um, simple activities. And what I love is a lot of the supplies are things that probably parents, many of them, probably they already have, and then just maybe a few extra things to buy. But you don't really have to have or purchase a lot of things to create some really unique open-ended activities. Yes. And I I have a lot of fun with that challenge. Like sometimes I'll just pick a common household item and I'll just walk around with it in my hand until I can think of an idea. Like the other day, I just walked around with a muffin tin in my hands until something finally came to me. And that was the idea of where you put the items in the, the letters in the muffin tin and cover it with tissue paper. And then the child like pokes into the tissue paper, finds the letter and identifies it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty fun for me to, to think about what most families have and then come up with a way to use it in, in the breakfast invitation or play prompt. 
I love that because I was going to ask you, like, how do you come up with so many creative ideas? Because every week you seem to have something new, something creative, something that, you know, even there's so many play ideas out there and yet you keep coming up with new creative ones that we haven't necessarily seen before. So it's, it's actually interesting to hear you say you sometimes start with the material and then go from there. Yes, I do. And, and, you know, I will say I'm very motivated from the community and my friends that also do the same thing that I do. We, we text and we talk and we share ideas. And so we're, we're all kind of just using one another to really stay motivated. And, um, it's just been really fun. And knowing that on Sunday nights, like doing the setups on Instagram, knowing that people are, are waiting for them and ready to ready to join us. I think that that's really motivating for me to come up with new ideas as well, because I know that, you know, other people are counting on ways to play just as much as as I, I'm counting on them as well in my home. So it's been really fun. Yeah, just to just to think about everyday item and try to challenge myself to come up with something. Yeah, you know, I've also seen when you share um, stories of other people setting up your activities, and yeah. if they didn't have the exact material you used, it's so interesting to see your followers come up with their own original ways to copy the activity. I know, they're brilliant. It's amazing. They sometimes, I mean, the majority of times I see what they come up with, and I'm like, wow, that is awesome. It's true. It's it's amazing how how clever we all are. It just needs like, you just need to plant that little. Yeah. And the fact that you share it to your stories is also helpful for other parents who are like, oh, wait, I didn't have what Beth had, but I have what that mom had. So yeah. it's, it's just a way to perpetuate the play and the opportunities and the creativity. Yes. 100%. Love that. So Beth, um, aside from the, I was just like looking at your website and I know you have the play invitations um, for for purchase, what other things, products or materials can you offer your listeners? I have a startup guide, which this is for someone who's ready to press restart on their day. So it's going to help them with the predictable schedule and maybe move the TV time to the later part of the day. Um, and then the last unit in that guide has 10 breakfast invitations. The other product idea is we have activity cards. And these are just for the mom or the dad or the caregiver that just wants activities when they need them. Uh, there's a picture on the front with how to set it up, what to expect, and the conversation starters on the back. And these are on like a heavy cardstock with gloss for fingers tips and rounded edges to prevent tearing. Um, and you can keep them right in your kitchen and pull them out when you need them. They're all in a ring and, um, you know, sometimes a lot more convenient than searching the web. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. So where else can our listeners find you? What should they know about your Instagram page? Because I know a lot of people listening are going to want to find you after they hear this. Awesome. I look forward to everyone joining. It's Days with Gray and it's G-R-E-Y dot com. And then you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Days with Gray. Again, G-R-E-Y. Right. And that's because your oldest son is named Gray? Yes. This has been so wonderful, Beth. We really appreciate your time. We have really been true followers and fans of yours. So this is a, a really great opportunity for us. And we know that our listeners are going to really appreciate hearing just some of your insights and inspiring them to have more creative play opportunities in their own homes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please note that this is general information. And since we do not know your child, it is best to contact your pediatrician or a local pediatric professional if you have specific concerns. We invite you to continue the conversation on this topic in our online community at totsontarget.com. 
Additionally, you can find any toys, books, or products we mentioned in our Amazon storefront located in our show notes or on our website. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for daily tips on how to keep your tot on target.